Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number seven of A to Z Arizona Sports All Day. And I'm Hayden Silly, and with me as always, Jonah Krell. And Jonah, once again, we have a ton of stuff to talk about today, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. The sun season is underway. And so we got a lot to talk about, but let's get right into it with some quick hitters, baby. So, for me, my first quick hitter of the day will actually be, even though it happened about a week ago, this is still really big, Zach Ertz, former Philadelphia Eagles tight end, got traded to the Arizona Cardinals last week. And I've been really excited about this move, but this, to me, is like a win-now move for Steve Kime and this Cardinals organization. I mean, they're still undefeated. They're the only undefeated team in the league, and especially with Max Williams going out, you know, what what better guy could you have to come in and, you know, replace the productivity that he had? It's a total upgrade at the one position that you really needed to improve at. And we had him out of Eagles purgatory. So I'm happy for Zach Ertz having a chance to win a championship here. Um, all right, and, and my quick hitter, uh, it's a little bit of a sad note. The Mercury, Phoenix Mercury, uh, last week, last Sunday, lost to the Chicago Sky in the WNBA Finals, uh, losing 3-1 to in the series. Um, and then after they lost in, um, in that game, game four, uh, the Mercury players all declined to attend the post-game media conference, and Diana Taurasi allegedly broke the locker room door um, so you can probably understand why she didn't want to attend the media conference. Um, and then here's the, 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 the total savagery. The Chicago Sky brought that door to their parade party. Are you kidding me? Oh my God. That's just total troll. Oh, that's awesome. Even as Phoenix fans, we both have to admit, like, that's, <laughs> that's, like, that's awesome. That's, as you said, that's just next level of trolling. Absolutely. Um, we'll see when the Mercury can get back to the finals. The time is ticking a little bit um, on Diana Taurasi, but that was very funny stuff. And so with that, I think we'll transfer over into our first topic of the day. And I think you sort of, if you guys were following me on Twitter a little bit, you got a little bit of my my take on this. But earlier this week, um, you know, we, we talked about it uh, a couple weeks ago, but now it's come up again. DeAndre Ayton not getting a max rookie contract extension. Um, those talks ended uh, uh, on Monday at the deadline. And and so let's just start with that Aiden thing. It made noise all around um, Twitter, all around the NBA world. Uh, Aiden, what are your thoughts about this move? Uh, I mean, it's typical Robert Sarver. <laughs> it's, know, like, yeah. it, it's, it's right in front of you. And I mean... I I'm probably one of the few people that will say I don't think he deserves you know Trey Young Luka Doncic type of money I, I don't sure. because I think those guys are in a league of their own but at the same time you know DeAndre Ayton is one of the building blocks of this team you know like the cornerstone with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton I remember when Ayton came out of college and everybody's like this is the next Kobe and Shaq and you know is that true not not necessarily but. I mean, DeAndre Ayton showed how great of an impact he can he can have, and I I just wish that they would have been able either not even pay him, but just be like, hey, you know, we'll we'll pay you, you know, after the season's over or something like that. You know, give him some sort of clarity because regardless if his focus is just going back to the finals and trying to win, as a young guy, you know, performing and playing their heart out. 
you know, you, you're thinking like, hey, I deserve this money, you know. I performed really well, in my opinion, and no disrespect to CP, he was the second best player in, in that entire in that entire finals run, in my honest opinion. But I, I do think it's a shame that they haven't paid him, but I think it's a shame that they haven't even considered it. That's, that, that's the big thing. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that's the point you have to make there is they didn't even give him an offer, Hayden. It, that's, that's totally ridiculous, and... Um, I just, it pisses me off just a little bit because Robert Sarver, you know, you you hand off the reins to James Jones in, in the past couple of years. You let him sort of build this roster into a championship roster. You take your foot off the gas and you let him control everything. And that's what the reports were when he signed Monty Williams. I'm going to give you the control that you want as well, and I'm going to let you do your thing. And this is just classic Sarver coming up again. What are the, you know, what are the chances, right? <laughs> like he's, he hasn't learned from himself. Hey, I mean, he's, he's cheap. He's a cheap owner. And it's just frustrating because we've seen it in the past with all the players that he's, he's shorted, like Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, um, guys like that. And it's just, you got to take care of your guys. This is, DeAndre, I, I agree with you. He's not really like, he wanted that five-year, $172.5 million deal. I don't think he's worthy of that right now. He's not that type of max guy yet. But you got to pay him to keep them together at least. Like That should be the goal, to keep that young core together. And I know they can still do that next year. Um, but it's going to be harder. People are going to offer him possibly a big deal. Um, and we'll see if the, you know, the, the Suns have a chance to match it. But we'll see what happens from that. Um, but going back to the server thing, uh, you you, pro- you you look like you were doing good. Come on, man! And then you you come right back and, and kill us here. So I I think it's it's disappointing um, because you know yes he's not a max guy, but you have to pay him to keep everyone together to keep everyone happy because this is a championship team. And if you're gonna try to make a run to a championship, you gotta keep everyone happy um, and you gotta keep the core pieces together. Yeah, I mean, I think of a key phrase for Robert Sarver is uh, looks can be deceiving because mm-hmm. it, it was just weird because you just brought up Sarver getting out of his own way and saying, hey, I'm going to let these guys do what they need to do. They know what they're doing. You know, if you go to the finals and I, as you said, Robert Sarver does have a history of being, of being cheap. And I, you brought up an example a couple of weeks ago on the show when Amari Stoudemire, he was on the uh, All the Smoke podcast with Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes. And he talked about how Sarver said to him, like, what, like, I can trade you by tomorrow or so I can easily replace you or something yeah, like that. So, something along those lines. And just the audacity of, of, and, Never mind that Sarver's an owner, but just as a man, like you don't you don't go up to one of the cornerstones of your franchise, an all star, an all NBA player, and you just go, "Hey, I can have you replaced by tomorrow." But I mean, but history repeats itself. I just hope it. I just hope that whatever happened last season would be able to replicate itself. And and that's Sarver for you. He treats it like it's a business. He, you know that's what he's been doing his entire time here um, in the Valley. Um, and I, like I said, I said that he's not a max guy, but if you look at the, the guys who have gotten max contract deals, um, these, these rookie extension deals, like Aiden is far worthy to get this deal. Like you look at 
Jaron Jackson Jr. just got an extension, got his money. Aiton's better than him. You know, Porter Jr., I think he should have gotten the extension, but way overpaid. I don't, I don't think so. Okay. But that, that, that's just me, though. That's okay. just me, okay. though. You look at Shai Gilgis Alexander. I think he's a cornerstone piece of your franchise, but again, what does he want? Aiton. And, and, and you talk about pieces in the past. Andrew Wiggins, Gordon Hayward. They were paid for what they, what organizations thought they were going to do in the future. Not, not necessarily what they're looking right, like right now, but they're looking ahead. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Aiden could be that Wiggins guy who, who looks good right now, but, um, sort of falls off. But I think those examples show that he's far more worthy than some of those guys to get, uh, an extension. Um, and you, you got to pay him for what you think he's going to bring to the table in the future because in the finals, in the second half of, of last year, he showed what he's capable of doing when he really wants to dominate, when he's dominating, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he can bring that to the table every time, especially when you still have Chris Paul secured there and, and they're doing things in the pick and roll. Um, it's deadly. And I think he, what he brings defensively and, and rebounding-wise it doesn't necessarily show up on the stats, right? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, for for outsiders to who don't, don't really follow this team, he provides an impact that I don't think doesn't show up on the stat sheet very often. Yeah, you know, it's, it's that physicality and it's a presence. Yeah, inside. yeah. What I've really seen is just it's all the little things. It's boxing out guys, right? It's you know getting in position to grab a rebound. I mean, every, everybody says, oh, DeAndre Ayton is you know. 7'1", 260 pounds, he should be, you know, averaging 20 points and 20 rebounds. But, you know, one thing I've noticed... And that's not necessarily his yeah, game. Yeah, but I I noticed this a lot of the second half of the year, is that nobody, nobody on the on the Phoenix Suns wanted to help out rebounding. And so I remember, I remember I was, I was actually talking with my dad, and my, my dad was telling me, you know, why does DeAndre Ayton only get, like, 11 rebounds a game? And I, I pulled up some tape. I'm like, look, I'm like, it's one on four. And, you know, it, he's the only center out there. Yeah. I mean, and especially like in that Denver series, because everybody's like, oh, you know, Jokic played great. But, you know, when Aiden's trying to go up for a rebound and you have Porter Jr. and Jokic and, you know, at the time, Millsap going up for the rebound as well. Like, you know, and Aiden's the only one. I mean, what, what do you expect is going to happen? Yeah. I mean, I I really hope that. Uh, this doesn't have to be an ongoing thing into the season because it can't distract this team. It can't distract Aiden from, from their goals. Um, and just as a side note, Aiden, I think you'll find this interesting. I found this stat on Twitter um, to, just to show how blasphemous this move really was. Um, since 2000, only four former number one picks did not sign a rookie scale extension before the final year of their contract. Kwame Brown... Yeah, Greg Oden and Anthony Bennett and now DeAndre Ayton. He's not in that class. Oh, he's better than all those guys put together. Not only is this move dumb, it's historic. Because you put him in that class of guys and he's not in that class. Um, It's just, it's frustrating. And and people may look at recency bias with how he got manhandled in the finals, but Giannis was on a superhero level. Like that—that that was historic 
uh, NBA Finals. Yes, I mean, can't do anything about. That. I mean, you could you could put Michael Jordan in front of Giannis, and he might not be able to stop him. Like that's just <laughs> yeah, that, that's just how good he was. But I found a quote here. Um, actually, this will actually uh, transition to the second part of our um of our topic about the uh, about the victor. Sorry. I almost said victory. Uh, about the Suns' uh, season opening loss to Denver on Wednesday, DeAndre Ayton said, and I quote, this is talking about his contract, uh, one thing about me throughout my whole life, I've always learned uh, to control what I can control at the same time. Disappointed, but I'm still trying to get us back to the finals. And, I mean, that, that shows where his focus is. And we haven't really heard many reports from him specifically about his... We, he said he was unhappy. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but we haven't heard like this is probably one of the first quotes we've heard like since you know honestly preseason we've heard you know things that he's unhappy, but like from a legitimate quote standpoint, this is one of the first ones that we've seen. But I I don't think that Chris Paul or Monty Williams would allow him to get distracted with that. Mm-hmm. And I I guarantee you, Chris Paul is just being like, let your play speak for itself. And I think that's important to let the play speak for itself. It's just frustrating because throughout the season, I don't want people to, to look at, you know, if he has a big game, uh, talk about, oh, the Suns should have signed him to a max contract. And if, if he has a stinker of a game, say, oh, they made the right decision. I just I don't want that to hang over this team. I just want Aiton to play his game and see where it takes him. Um, because he, the Suns can still sign him to a five-year max deal, just like Aiton wanted in the restricted free agency next year. Um, and so Aiton's got to play his game and the Suns, they have to play their game because last night, uh, sorry, not last night, on Wednesday night in their first game of the season, they put up a stinker against the the Denver Nuggets, losing 110 to 98. Um, Hayden, did you watch this game? I, I, I watched parts of it, um, but yeah, it was, this, the final score does not reflect the performance. We should have lost way more than 12 points. And it was just, it was dominance from the get-go. And, I mean, it, this is the thing about Denver. And I've, I've talked about it before. And for, for those of you that don't know, last year in the, uh, or not last year, but in the 2020 playoffs, I called Jamal Murray, uh, quote-unquote, washed. He proceeded to drop two 50-point <laughs> games in the same series oh, no. against Utah. So the respect I have for him is astronomical. But, you know... When this team, when Jamal Murray comes back, they're they're going to make some noise. And everybody talks about, oh, the Suns need to fear the Lakers. You know, they need to fear the Clippers. I'm fearing Denver. Because every time Jamal Murray has played the Suns, like since he's gotten into the league, he's, he's owned us. He has. Um, and that, that Denver team, uh, just watching that game, they are so deep. Like, yes, they are. Guys like P.J. Dozier off the bench, Will Barton can play, um, and he doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion. And Aaron Gordon, you know, the, the stat sheet, it might have not have been big for him. Um, I have to check it again, but he provides a lot on that team and impact, whether it's defense, whether it's effort. Um, he does a lot for that team as well. Um, and so I think they ran into a, a, a good shooting team. They shot the lights out. But the Suns, just transferring over to them, they looked choppy. They, they couldn't find an offensive rhythm, which was surprising to me because they have um, a lot of returners uh, who, who familiar faces, and, and we should expect them to play like they played last year, you know? Yeah, and I mean, 
it's it's just so it's so funny because like with ESPN and a whole bunch of other you know other groups like that, they're already writing off the Suns. Yeah, and you know if there's there's any one more games in the season, so I'm not I personally I'm not pressing the panic button. I mean, what last last season we I think it was like our first 15 games we were eight and eight. Yeah, yeah. First 16 games, we were 8-8, eight and eight, and what happened? We proceeded to finish second in the entire Western Conference. I'm not concerned at all. I don't think this DeAndre Aiden contract extension will get in the way. I think if, I think once the offseason hits, that's when it's, that's when he's going to push the, he's going to push the memo and be like, hey, you know, I deserve to be paid, and I truly do believe after this season, he'll, he'll get that big contract. Absolutely. Um, and then I also want to talk about Booker for a second. Booker was three for 15 for 12 points in this game. Never really got anything going. Him or Chris Paul, you, you expect them to provide a spark in the fourth quarter to make a run, and they never did. Booker was minus 24, which led the team, and Paul was minus 23 in, uh, in plus minus. Uh, that is not good from your two best players. Um they need to step it up, and I expect them to. It's just the first game, but they look choppy. They got to step it up, and they got to eliminate some of those mental lapses we saw defensively yeah. as well. And uh, one more thing before we move on to our to our second topic of the uh, of the show, we talked about this before about Camp Johnson being the starter, and when when Camp Johnson is the starter, it just adds another dimension to this offense. He's with. And one thing people don't know, I mean, he's six foot eight, almost six foot nine. He's a he's a big kid, and he can stretch the floor. He's gotten a lot better on defense, and you know, he was one of those guys that really stepped up in the playoffs. And it, it's just it's so crazy because everybody's like, oh, but Mikhail Bridges is great, which he is. But you know, you put you put Cam Johnson in that starting lineup instead of Jay Crowder, you'll get more hints. Three point shooting is just going to open up everything. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's the, the Jay Crowder experience for you. Up and down for sure. Cam Johnson had 11. I really like the, the bench production. Uh, we didn't even get to talk about the Landry Shaman deal yeah. and what that means. Ugh. And the, but happy about the McCall, Mikhail Bridges deal. But we got to move on to our second topic. It's the Arizona Cardinals. And they lead down a beatdown against the Cleveland Browns that last week. That's why Hayden is still wearing his Cardinals fuck ass. Undefeated. Seven weeks in a row. Or sorry, six weeks in a row. Hopefully it'll be seven. This is this is a great day. <laughs> if you're a Cardinals fan, you know, as as my nana would say, woot, woot, go Cardinals. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm feeling right now. I mean they played Jonah, you know, they played a great game. Lights out. Yeah. And it was so funny because even myself, I had a little bit of doubt because Cleveland's a tough team. Like they, they have been for the past couple seasons and Granted, Nick Chubb is out. You still have Kareem Hunt, who still is a really is a really good running back. And but as you said, they they just laid a beat down on him. They Kyler Murray picked apart the defense. I mean, Hopkins had two touchdowns. I mean, in his first touchdown of the game, he just pulled off some type of wizardry voodoo. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I was a little bit mesmerized. I was like, what did he just do? He spun by two guys and you know dove for five yards, but. This this team just they have it. They have that swagger. They have that confidence. And I mean, Kyler Murray again threw for four touchdowns. And this this defense again just getting after it. And they really took advantage of the injuries that the uh, that the Browns had. And I mean, I think what Robert Robert Alford had an interception. 
I mean, and just little things like that. It's it's really good to see. I I don't know. I'm just I'm in such shock. I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. It's hard to believe, Hayden. Yeah. I mean, and you talked about the the confidence that they have. I think that comes from the fact that they can just say, "We're better than you. <laughs> we have better talent. We're going to show it every game." And you and you look at the the Hopkins play. That's just uh, shows that on display right there. Just making a move to get past his man. Kyler Murray making the right reads. And you talk about taking advantage of the Browns' injuries. Uh, J.J. Watt, let's give a round of applause yes. for him. Finally getting his his, his sack, a strip sack. Um, and so that was just fun to see them taking advantage of some sort of the, um, the injuries they had at, at, on the offensive line. Um, and I think, you know, if I had to say one word to, to describe this game, you know, some people not covering this team, they may say... They may say um, statement, but I think they already made that their statement uh, statement win against the Rams. Mm-hmm. We saw that. I think this game, if I had to say one word, it's just business. And they handled their business, and it's something that we should expect from this team now. Like this game uh, against a good team like that, they handled their business and they show, you know, this is the norm for us. Expect this from us every week because we're at the top of the class of the NFL. Yeah, sure. And the crazy thing is, too, we didn't have Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, he was out. He was out with COVID. Spencer Whipple, right? Yeah, Spencer Whipple and Vance Joseph. And you know, I think just watching the game, you could tell that there is a different type of energy. That you know, they wanted to get these guys their win. They wanted to play for their coach and and their GM. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's they just have this swagger about them, but. You said it perfectly, Jonah. It's just, it's just business. They went in there. They did exactly what they set out to do. And for one of the first times ever, I think, being a Cardinals fan, they're saying, we're better than you. But, you know, they're going to go and say, we're better than you, and we're, we're going to beat you down. No, did you hear J.J. Uh, Watt's uh, audio? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I we have to play it. There's that. too many explicitives, though. <laughs> we, have, we might have to retweet that on our Twitter page because it just showed. He's like... Maybe we're just better. I love that. I love that line. I was smiling from um, ear to ear with that. And um, I think that's a, a good transition to this game against the Texans this week. They are better. Hey, I yes. think it's clear. Um, but it cannot be a trap game, sort of like it started out with um, against Jacksonville earlier in the year. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it might be a trap game, but this – this should be no problem. It, it really should. I mean, if, if Tyrod Taylor was playing, I would have a little bit of a concern because he's at, he was doing really well before he got injured. But you have a young rookie quarterback in Davis Mills. I I expect the defense to just blitz heavy, just uh, force a ton of pressure on him. And I just expect, I don't know if I expect the Cardinals to score a lot, but I just expect them to have, like the time of possession, I expect it probably honestly for like three quarters of the game. Just, just run the ball. Yeah, just just run, run the ball, the score a couple times, and just just keep on doing that. And I'm excited to see how they use Zach Hurts in his first game as a Cardinal. That should be fun. Uh, the Cardinals uh, last time I checked are uh, at the spread minus seventeen. That wow. is big, and so Oof. you don't want to let sort of this this team go to your head. And I, they haven't done that all year, but just be careful. Don't let this get to you because, you know, Davis Mills, we, we saw him have a nice game a couple of weeks ago. 
Um, so he can he can flash a little bit, but um, don't let this get to you. They haven't gotten to him uh, so far, and I think they stay undefeated, seven and zero. Hayden continues to wear his bucket hat. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. And then I think also just one more point. Like, J.J. Watt, even though the stats really haven't been there, his presence has just been such a difference. He hasn't allowed this team to, you know, to to get unfocused. And he's just, he's kept their eyes on the prize. And I think everybody's following that. You know, it's it's all about the locker room. Kyler stepped up as a leader, as said by Steve Kine and Michael Bidwell. So it's just really good to see, you know, veteran, veteran leadership mixed with the young guys. Absolutely. You ready for some final words, Hayden? Absolutely. And I'll go ahead and start. So going back with our with the Arizona Cardinals and what I mentioned earlier about the Zachers trade, we're definitely in a win now mode. I mean we're we're six and zero to start the season. We're still the only undefeated team remaining in the National Football League. But I really don't think you make this trade if Max Williams, you know, doesn't get injured. He made such a difference, and not only as a pass catcher, but as a blocker as well. And this is one of the only concerns that I have about Zach Ertz because he doesn't have the best history of being a great, you know, a great blocker, you know, in the run game, and just just little things like that. But I do think his impact as a pass catcher will, you know, greatly outweigh outweigh the the negative aspects of his game. But you know, they made this move. They're just continuing to get deeper and deeper and deeper in terms of their depth, just in terms of weapons that Kyler Murray can throw the ball to. And then their defense, again, has just been its been spectacular. Isaiah Simmons has been so – that's been slept on for this entire season. He's been amazing, as well as, as J.J. Watt as well with his leadership and Robert Alford, too, finally being able to be healthy and making an impact with his, with his leadership as well. So – you know, I think Steve Kime is definitely gunning for the Super Bowl. And, you know, as of now, the Cardinals are looking like a clear favorite. Absolutely. Both said. Both said, Hayden. Um, all right. My, for my final words, it's on the Suns. Um, and I'll start it off with saying last year, the Suns started 8-8, eight and eight, like we talked about before. Um, they started 8-8 eight and eight, trying to get the feel for this new roster. And look where they went. All the way to the NBA Finals, right? But this year... They shouldn't have to feel themselves out and start that way again because we know what this team is capable of. We know that they can do things right now. They don't have to wait because um, the Suns ranked number one in continuity um, in that first game. Their returning players accounted for 87% of minutes played in the first game. Wow, right? Um, and so I think, you know, with that, you have expectations this year and you shouldn't have to feel yourselves out and and the Suns, they they got off to a rocky start in that first game. You know, sloppy, uh, couldn't find a rhythm, just flat. And there's drama off the court with this eight thing. You know, there's drama, it, not something we're accustomed to in the Valley. Usually, we don't get that media coverage, but this year we do because we have a team with expectations. Um, and so it's not time to panic yet, guys. This it's still early. But the Suns need to play to their expectations because I think this is still an NBA Finals team. Um, and I think they can get back to there. And it's just, it's time for them to play how they are. Drama, put that aside and just play ball. Beautiful. Man, I mean, <laughs> that was, wow. <laughs> Man, you're 
sound it. You sound like you belong on Fox Sports. I mean, stop it, stop it. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we had a good time today. That was a lot of fun, and let's wrap up the show. My name is Jonah Crow, alongside Hayden Silly, and we hope you have a great week, everybody. We'll see you again next week for hopefully another undefeated uh, Cardinals to talk about. This has been A to Z. Thank you, everyone.